Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today, we welcome Robbie Holtz, an internationally respected healer and medium and author of award-winning books that are read in over 40 countries around the world. She co-wrote with her late husband, physicist Gary Holtz, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, and recently released the book, Vibrant Living, Braving the Pandemic with Help from Your Garden Angels. Welcome, Robbie. How are you today? Hi. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I just noticed Shanna and I are both wearing like tie-dye today. What are the odds, huh? This is the odds. Our kids have been bored to death because of this pandemic, so we've had to keep them busy, and this is part of that. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah, That's my it. hands are literally purple and pink. I've become a tie-dye master. Well, they're going to remember this. That's for sure. I was able to get your recent book, Vibrant Living, Breaking the Pandemic, with help from your garden angel. I started reading it, and then I was like, shoot, this isn't the kind of book I'm going to be able to read, and then kind of give a review on right now because it's day by day, which I love. Oh, but you so. can go, you can read it all at once. You can yeah, read it all okay. in one sitting. We just don't want you to skip around the first time. I like those kind of books. I love like daily devotionals and they kind of hold you accountable each day. I like that. And give you a chance to integrate it. Yeah. Yeah. That was from the other side. Do you consider this channeling? I don't consider myself a channel. I consider okay. myself a medium. A medium. Yeah. Okay, what's the difference between channel and medium then? I, I think a channeling is where they come in and they take over your body. And sometimes you're okay. conscious and sometimes you're not. But a medium is, I'm, I'm more like a translator. I'm getting okay. information from the other side and I'm just giving it to you. Perfect. Yeah. When did you discover that ability? <laughs> I discovered it when my husband passed back in 2007. When I was married to him, he would just talk to guides all the time. He could see them. After he came back from the outback, he started developing the same abilities that the Aboriginal people had, where he could see into the body, he could see the guides, he could communicate to them. So I would just always ask him, you know, tell me the answer, and then he would check with them and give it to me. When he passed, he started showing up every morning at 8 o'clock. It was news to me, because I was able to see him with the symbol. But 800, right? Not 801 and not 759, because he was always punctual and I was not. And there was one year he was in the spring, he was off and we changed the time. He was an hour off. So that was, you know. <laughs> but so that I started communicating to him and that just started developing that. I had no idea it was a medium. I had no idea. But, and so I just started every morning. He'd show up every morning and I started telepathically communicating to him, him until I just developed the ability to loved ones, dogs, spirit guides, angels. I love that. So he's the one who first brought you into this. Yeah. And, and, you know, he knew they told him he was going to be passing about six months before he left. And we were both upset about it, but he was being told you can help more from the other side. And so you're needed more on the other side. So he left six months later and it's right because he's been able to help more. He's part of my healing team. There's Aboriginal healers that are deceased that are part of the healing team. He, Gary's part of the healing team, Archangels and Ascended Master, but he's really involved, but he's oh, just awesome. barely involved from the other side. Well, let's, let's kind of bring our listeners back so we can kind of understand how even your husband 
became a part of the Aboriginal healing. He was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and he had like the really bad case of multiple sclerosis. Yeah, he was actually in a wheelchair and had become a quadriplegic for seven years. So, and then someone suggested to him that he go and seek this treatment offered in Australia by the uh, Aborigines. Yeah, we outlined that in the Secrets of Aboriginal Healing, where the doctor, he really had about six months to live. And when the doctor gave him that prognosis, Gary's just this determined guy. He's a scientist, and he's determined to find an answer. So he got in touch, and it's a number of synchronicities, that he got in touch with one of the tribe's people. And this is a remote tribe in the outback. And so he flew out there in his wheelchair, you know, unloaded his cargo from the plane and went into the outback with his tribe and came out 10 days later with feeling in his body that he hadn't had in seven years and able to kind of clumsily walk on that airplane down the aisle, kind of supporting himself on the, on the airplane uh, seats. And, but what he came back to was a whole different transformed person. And it wasn't just physical, it was emotionally, because this is a scientist, he was a physicist. As you ladies know, there's a lot of gray that can't be explained, but it still exists. And then he started developing the abilities that the Aboriginal people had shown him in the outback, where he was able to see and communicate with spirit guides and angels, see into the body, communicate to the subconscious of people and find out what's going on, you know, their physical stuff. So it was quite a journey. And that's, I think, when it gets fascinating is when he comes back from the outback and starts becoming a healer. And that's what we describe in Secrets of Aboriginal Awakening. And you had uh, health struggles as well, beginning from a pregnancy, correct? Yes. When I delivered my son, I had a really long labor. I think it was like 36 hours or something like that. You kind of block that stuff out. And they Uh, gave me a blood transfusion. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Everybody blocked that stuff out. So they gave me a blood transfusion when I was done because I lost a lot of blood. And they said, you'll perk up faster. And um, so this was back in 85. The blood transfusion had hepatitis C in it. And back then, we didn't even have a name for it. They just called it non-A, non-B hepatitis. And so the hepatitis C started to kill me. And so they put me on experimental treatments. And the experimental treatments started to kill me. So I almost died twice. And at this point, Western medicine has nothing to offer me. And I, I want to survive because I have a little boy who's too young to remember me. And I just want to survive long enough for him to remember me. And to be able to help him is, and teach him as much as I can. So I started going down this other path that, you know, I would never have gone down, if, just like Gary, if I wasn't forced into it, and discovered that there's all kinds of answers out there besides Western medicine, and ended up completely healing myself, which they said at the time you couldn't heal hepatitis C, but completely healed the hepatitis C. Uh, I had also acquired fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and temporary brain damage from the tre- experimental treatments, healed all of that. And so that put me on this path of passionately wanting to help people learn how to heal and teach what the aboriginals have taught us, which is their ancient healing secrets that's been passed down word of mouth for at least 60,000 years old. They're the oldest culture on the planet. And the remote aboriginals are the ones that are living in this much more highly advanced, higher consciousness, and they're gifting us this information because it's time and we need it. And we really don't understand how healing works here, especially in the Western civilization. Yes, I definitely agree with you. Let me just say this so that the listeners understand this. And we describe this really in the book, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. 
the aboriginals have told us that healing consists of three parts the physical the body the emotions the mind and the soul those three things and if the body the emotions and the soul are aligned with healing anything can be healed it doesn't matter what it is most people are creating the physical problem with the emotions that's what we're not addressing and so if you're not the aboriginal people have told us if you're not getting to the emotional core which started this in the first place it's like picking the top of a dandelion it's going to come right back again you can have tumors removed but if you're not getting to the emotional core of that they're just going to grow right back again and so it's the emotional core that's sort of like the warning system on your dashboard in the car blinking letting you know if it's uncomfortable emotionally i guarantee it's affecting the body in a, in a harmful way so you've got to get to the emotional core that's what the aboriginal people want us to know and the aboriginal people will tell you we're so afraid of certain emotions here in, in western civilization we we don't like it we suppress it you know that just creates disease let it come up let the emotion come up but then let it go we tend to hang on to stuff and they're like let it go what's next you know let yeah. it go what's next so that's just part, and that's all in the book because we want people to know how to heal themselves because i get people all the time well how do i contact the remote tribe it's like you don't contact the remote tribe that's why they gave us this information because they want to stay remote they want to <laughs> stay away from everybody right but they want this information out there so i do have to ask you i think it's amazing that that culture is still even existing yeah. right now only because i did a lot of ancestral work and i had some indians in canada and i had a shaman medicine man who ended up being one of my grandfathers in my tree when i researched wow. him i mean it was a travesty He's known as the apostate so he is the medicine man of his people that converted to christianity forcefully yeah Wow. And was then his people less than a hundred years later ended up in Louisiana, which is the Cajun people. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm from. Have you ever been there before? After Gary passed 2007, I was invited in 2008. The Aboriginal women decided that they wanted to have a special healing ceremony. And so they invited, I might've been, I'm really bad with numbers. It might've been 12, 18 women from around the world and i was invited from the united states to attend these secret private healing ceremonies so i invited a friend of mine from the states and we flew out there honestly kind of goes to what you're just saying the aboriginal people that we met not the aborigines but the aboriginal the aussies were kind of surprised and here we're flying here from the united states they've got they said well you have native americans there what are you doing coming to australia when you have all these native americans and it's like, well, we don't, you know, I, I was completely, I didn't know anything about the Aboriginal people. But when we did this uh, ceremony, and, and that's described in the Awakening book, The Secrets of Aboriginal Awakening, I, I won't describe the ceremony because that is secret. But what happened was your vibration is raised so high in these ceremonies that you're able to feel the love from Mother Earth. What was really cool is, you know, you have this knowledge that we're all one, that we're all connected, right? There's this unified deal. But in these ceremonies, you could just see it and feel it to a degree you couldn't before. And we created, they said that this, uh, the energy that the white women brought created so much energy there that we were able to create 
thunderstorms that they had not seen in those deserts for a long, long time because they wanted rain to create uh, better crops. So we were, I didn't know at the time what was going on. I mean, there's a language barrier. And so we were creating so much energy. So we have this rainstorm. Again, it's described in the Awakening book. This rainstorm just circling the camp. It just kept coming around and around the camp. And it oh. was by Uluru. And so Uluru, or Ayers Rock, uh, is another name for it. It was just lit up with these uh, colors from the rain that they hadn't seen in years. It was just an extraordinary wow. experience. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, this morning I was just sitting in meditation about today's interview. It's interesting that you brought up the emotional piece and how important that is. Because I even think that when we throw out mind, body, and soul, people don't really understand what the mind part of it means. It means connecting the emotions and feeling the emotions and letting the emotions go. And then I started thinking about how so many religions shy away from holistic healing because they think it's witchy or they think it's weird and people you know tend to go and trust a man-made pill versus a plant that god put on earth and it took me to this verse in the bible that said a joyful heart is good medicine a broken heart will dry up bones and i loved that and it aligns with what you said because we don't realize how much our heart and our soul our energy and our emotions can affect our health yeah, our bodies and emotions are very tied together, very tied together. And so every time you have a thought, to, you know, to simplify things, it's either fear-based or it's love-based, you know? And the fear-based stuff, the anxiety, the, you know, the frustration, the stress, that creates a different cell. And it's, it, remember Dr. Emoto's water experiments? It showed you, it was very disfigured. It doesn't really work with the other cells. And it also creates a chemical response that's very different than the love-based cells. Mm -hmm. And so you're not only creating a different cell, a different chemical response, but you're also blocking the energy. So if you have a lot of grief and you carry it, we carry grief in our chest area, our heart area, right? If you're having a lot of grief and you keep having it and you're not releasing it, you're not releasing it through laughter, joy, whatever, you keep building up that blockage if you happen to have a genetic predisposition to heart problems or breast cancer, you're creating a potentially dangerous situation. And so that's why you've got to find out what are the emotions that I keep having that are harming my body that are toxic. And the, the most toxic emotions for the body, believe it or not, are shame, guilt, mm -hmm. uh, fear. And those are like, like fear is just systemic. It's the whole system. And, but the, on the flip side, love-based emotions create a different chemical response. A very, Dr. Emoto showed us this beautiful fit cell, looks like a gorgeous snowflake. So it's like one is creating a perfect toxic breeding ground for disease, and the other is creating this teeming, raging, thriving river. And disease can't sustain in that thriving river, so to speak. So that's mm -hmm. where you want to pay attention because a lot of people, a lot of the physical diseases are being started with that little emotional core that we just yeah. keep building on and building on. And that, to me, is exactly what autoimmune disease looks yes. like. Because yes. it, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was there. I was so stressed out. And I, my mind kind of thrived on it. Like, how many projects can I juggle at once? I love having <laughs> different challenge. 
Yeah, I loved having people standing in front of me and the phones ringing. I mean, but, but my body didn't like that sustained stress. That's so funny. Robbie, I used to say that every day from the moment I got up and got in my car, because I have four kids, it was like I was in like the greatest race, like the game show. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the was, top, yeah, the plate spinning on the thing. Yeah, how many? Right, you got check spots everywhere. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And But that's a conditioning from our culture. And it so is. I had to learn, I was not listening to my body, which is why it took me almost dying twice to finally start listening when it's saying, I'm exhausted. You need to put me on the list. I wasn't even on the to-do list. You know, we were building a house. Uh, I had a young child. I had a career that was thriving. And my body was just being complected. I remember doing all-nighters and I'd feed myself M&Ms just as my little reward. I'm like a trained seal, right? You know, I'm just getting these little treats to get through the night. And if that is just... I chose way worse. <laughs> <laughs> it landed me in rehab many years ago. Let's just say it that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the M&Ms could have been way worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think so many people in our world today are scared of the holistic approach? And why is the holistic approach so important? Well, you know, let me just say that I love what you what you guys do. I, I love sense of soul. I, I saw the different podcasts that you have and you're putting information out there that's not mainstream. And I love that you're breaking barriers because I think people have been fed and very deliberately this conditioning that holistic is woo woo. I won't even use that term anymore because it's like, you're just negating what's real. We've been doing, you know, holistic has been in around for a long time and we're starting to discover that, you know, a lot of what Western medicine is using, and it's, thank God it's there. It certainly saved my life the first time, almost killed me the second time, but it's there when you need it. But we're using way more pharmaceutical drugs rather than trying the natural approach first. You know, it was the energy. It was a woman who knew how to manipulate energy. I didn't know what she was doing. The naturopathic doctor who brought me back to life you know, by manipulating that energy and bringing it into my body. But I came from a very conservative Midwestern Catholic background. If you had told me that first, I don't know that I would have showed up, you know, on her table. So yeah. I think that we have been trained very deliberately to take the, the consumer route uh, rather than the holistic route. And, but I think it's starting to change. I mean, you're starting to see hospitals now where they have meditation practices, where people are in meditation rooms. I think people are starting to wake up to it. And the fact that these books uh, talking about this are in 43 countries tells me that it wow. resonates with people. It, that yeah. makes sense to them because uh, yeah. you can feel the truth. And so that's why I think that this is um, knowledge. That it's, it feels like truth and it needs to come forth. I think it's almost preposterous when you, you know, it's okay to get addicted to pain medicine, but it's not okay to maybe use this herb from the ground that earth gave us and gifted us. And, yeah. you know, we've been using for, well, how long did have the aboriginals been using their healing techniques, did you say? 60,000 years. Yeah. They're the <laughs> oldest, oldest known culture on the planet. The oldest. And so they've really got this down. And this is yeah, why we've only been doing this um, healthcare, what, for a hundred years? Not even yeah, that much. Not even that long. So like China. Yeah. That. China and India. I mean, this yeah. is, there's, there's just so much information out there. So I think that what we have to pay attention to is what language 
are we using about this? I agree. And not poo-pooing it. It's powerful information. And I think right now we're starting to take our power back and realize how we have been misled, misinformed, and conditioned to stay away from really taking our power back. And that's one of the things that the Aboriginal, they have five steps. That's one of the things is take your power back. If I had believed what that doctor told me, that I wasn't going to survive, I would not be here because I really didn't think I would make it to 40. I really didn't think I would. I just wanted to hang in there for a couple more years. So I had to take my power back and start researching and find out, oh, there's a lot of stuff out here that's available. It's so disheartening to me when I hear people that share their doctors told them they only had a certain amount of time to live. It makes me cringe. Like, why would you say that? What about the DNA test now that'll tell you all of the health things that you have right. in your DNA so you could worry about dying from all of them forever? <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. I don't even want that yeah. part. That's when you have to realize the soul plays a part in this. Your soul has intentions of what it wants you to go through and what it wants you to learn and master in this learning lab free will planet. And so, you know, somebody who is born, for instance, blind, they're going to have a different journey than others because that's what their soul intended. So you can sit there and see all kinds of different modalities to help heal that blind child, but it's, it's not going to happen if the soul doesn't want it. But you can also be born specifically into a, a family with depression or heart disease, and it's possible that your soul wanted that to happen because you're here to heal it. You're here to finally stop that and free generations past and free generations forward. So it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a sentence for you. It's about what does the soul want in this? Your recent post on your website about dealing with your irresponsible choices by others, you really kind of touched base on that about our soul contracts. It was a beautiful writing. I enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it to our listeners. Everything about your website is amazing. Strong topics this month in your post, and I really enjoy them. So thank you for putting those out there. Oh, you're welcome. I think a lot of us get really hung up on other people's stuff, right? And the choices they make, especially the more you love them, the more you're emotionally attached to their choices. And you realize everybody's at different places learning different things and you might have a soul contract with somebody where you are here to learn acceptance so they and if you're an old soul you're going to get some real challenging stuff because you're operating at a more evolved level so if you get somebody i talk about in vibrant living about soul contracts and what you're here to learn and, and all that sort of thing you might be here to master deeper levels of acceptance so you're going to get challenging things to accept and you don't necessarily have to like it, but just accept that sometimes souls may come in and choose to experience drug addiction because they want to experience powerlessness. It's usually not karma. It's just that it's exploration and we learn through growth and we learn through pain. And, you know, so it's about, all right, I've agreed on a soul contract level to love and support them and not judge them, not enable them, but certainly just love them even if they don't know how to love themselves. This is what I was going to ask you because can you please explain how to still support somebody without one enabling codependent or taking on, I'm an empath, so taking on their energy. Mm -hmm. You gave an example of how Gary, your husband, 
the aboriginals were praying from a distance and seeing him healthy seeing him standing and that was powerful but he had to be in agreement can you explain that sure he didn't realize initially so he worked with two healers two aboriginal healers in a hut so to speak and the tribe they call them nations they're not very large maybe 24 people the nation or tribe were sending energy and seeing him healed they were doing it from outside the hut and so that was powerful that combined energy and you know my guides have told me anytime you get together with two or three people the effect just exponentially increases so you can imagine if you get a lot of people worldwide visualizing harmony world peace the effect that's going to have when we were talking about other people's choices you have to remember that this is a this is a learning lab and there's a great quote and i love we have so many fabulous quotes in if i could and, and honestly the guides yeah guided me i can't take a lot of credit for the writing so but in vibrant living we talk about how we're not here to save mother earth mother earth is here to save us she has volunteered to be a learning lab to help us raise our consciousness individually and collectively and so it comes down to what am i here to learn why is this on my path because whatever your mind gets triggered by that's a lesson right there that's how you can pick out your your uh, pop quizzes right when you get pulled in emotionally and a lot of people have a hard time with their choices that their loved ones make or even choices that people make that are very irresponsible and you have to remember this is a free will planet with young souls who tend to be greedy materialistic vain judgmental and that's fine that's where they are in their level of growth and you get older souls who want to be of service to others they're more accepting they don't judge and you recognize everybody's learning something different at different paces in different ways and so it comes back to what am i doing am i is my mind judging and having a hard time with this or am i coming from my heart accepting that some people may be and i'm just going to say this simplistically some people may be operating at second grade level and it just because you happen to have graduated college level on that doesn't mean it's okay to judge them that's just where they're at in their level of growth and we're all here together because it provides phenomenal opportunities for growth the other side of the veil is imperfection it's it's a stagnant environment for growth you can't really grow when everything's in perfection. So we need this, these challenges, this diversity. We need the shadow and the light. And, and not just on the planet, but we need the shadow and light in us as well. It helps create this contrast so that you see things more clearly, just like in a painting. It's so much more obvious what the contrast is. So this planet, Mother Earth, has agreed to be a third dimensional planet to help us shift into a higher consciousness and she's choosing now to be a fifth dimensional planet, a higher vibration, a more love-based thinking. And that's what the Aboriginal people were at, is they're at this higher fifth dimensional existence showing us how to get there. And that's mm. letting go of the mind stuff. And that's mm. what vibrant living is about, is how to let go of the mind stuff and how to get help. Because help is available to all of us, everybody. Every person has one guardian angel by their side, whether you believe in them or not. They're there from your first breath to your last breath, waiting to assist you. But because it's a free will planet, you've got to ask for their help. But when you do, it's like taking it from five amps of power on your own to 5,000 amps of power. That's a game changer. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to shift everything. And to get that powerful mind 
back into its designated role of a powerful tool, but not in charge. That changes things too. So that's why I put out Vibrant Living. And it may be called Vibrant Living, Braving the Pandemic with help from your guardian angel. But it's really about using your guardian angel for anything, big or small. It doesn't have to be a pandemic. In day two, you were talking about the different kinds of angels and guides and spiritual guidance that we have. Mm -hmm. They come in different forms. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, just working with energy, the archangels have quite a presence. (laughs) They're ginormous. Yeah. Their energy. To me, how many different kinds of angels are there? That's a great question. That's my favorite thing is to talk about angels, teach angel classes, because everybody has an experience from the other side of the veil, but they may not even really recognize it. As a medium, you know, they guided me and told me that they wanted this book written and how they wanted it written. But they wanted people to know that the guardian angels are the easiest to communicate to. They're sort of the first responders. They're the gatekeepers, and they're always by your side 24-7. And you're going to get a different guardian angel each lifetime because you're more evolved and you're learning something different. And that guardian angel is called a guardian angel because it's there to make sure that you are not harmed or killed or experience something that your soul doesn't want you to go through. That's why it's called a guardian angel. But it cannot step beyond that role because it's governed by universal and spiritual laws. It can't move beyond the guardianship role unless you ask, because it's a free will planet and there's nothing wrong with pain and struggle. That's all part of the learning process. But when you ask, and you can do it telepathically in your head, they're telepathic to your thoughts. When you ask, your guardian angel will be the first to respond. And they will respond every single time. But they're gonna do it, not the way your mind wants or expects, but they're gonna do it according to the highest good of all and your soul's intention. So if you, you know, ask them to help you win the lottery, that's not going to happen if it's not your soul's intention, which it likely <laughs> isn't, right? But they can help you bring abundance. They can help you find a job. They can help you find ways to bring in income. So, but the others, angels have not incarnated as humans. They can. They can take a form on briefly, but they don't need to. This, there's no point in it. However, spirit guides have many, many times lived human lives and they're highly evolved and you have spirit guides who will come in and out assisting you depending on what you're doing when i'm writing a different blog a different spirit guide comes through sometimes and i'll I'll tell you some are a lot easier to work with than others you know it's like oh man (laughs) but and you also have loved ones and this is all covered in vibrant living because we know there's a lot of people losing loved ones and grieving loved ones will come in sometimes and guide you and, and tune in not as often, you know, your guardian angel is there, again, constantly, first breath to last breath, but you might have loved ones who will check in on you or guide you or protect you. And it's not uncommon for somebody that you have a really strong connection to, to show up at Christmas or the weddings or the birthdays, you know? Or at eight zero zero. Speaking of nighttime, I was reading about the Aborigines' love, obviously, and how much Earth, Mother Earth, means to them and how much they honor Mother Earth, but also they talked a lot about dream time. What, is, what does that mean? Dream time, let's just say, for illustrative purposes, it's kind of like really advanced meditation. Because they get into dream time, they can go off into other dimensions. They can become the tree, right? They can become the plant or the water and find out, where the water source is or what plants will heal what. And they spend 
like half their time in dream time connecting. We described that in Secrets of Aboriginal Healing, how Gary <clears throat> observed that the children were doing this. They start like at age three or four. They start learning how to do that. And can you imagine our culture if we were learning how to control the mind? And th this is one of the quotes in Vibrant Living. It's like learning how to meditate is like going to the gym. Learning how to exercise and control that mind rather than that mind controlling you. It's like astro traveling. Yes, they can do that too. Yes. Let Go me ahead. make it clear. They've asked us to take the healing secrets out. This is done at their request. And I cannot speak to all the aboriginals. I can right. only speak to the ones that Gary experienced and that I experienced in the Outback Remote who were highly evolved aboriginal tribes people. We did do a, a little bit of research on your husband and found that he was, he was a physicist. He was very smart. He has lots of patents for amazing things that people yeah. use every day. And he also sent stuff off into space, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so he was on question, magazine covers. Yeah. Yeah. My question to you then, Mandy and I did a episode some months back on angels and aliens. And after we did a lot of research, I think both of us were like, just with our mouths open wide, dropped to the floor. Um, did your husband believe, and do you believe in aliens? And do you think that they are the same as angels? They're different. They absolutely are there, but they're different. Angels are etheric androgynous spirits, okay? Aliens, that's a very broad category. And we have star brothers and sisters. And what I think is important for people to know, we have help like we've never had before right now. These are auspicious times as we're shifting into these higher frequencies and vibrations. We have never had this level of help. And that's why they keep saying, please ask us to help you. They have to be asked to assist. Gary used to work with them. And I love this program because I never get the chance to talk about that. I, I, most people aren't open to that, but you guys are so open to it. Yes, he used to work with them. And it's interesting. I, I taught in a number of different countries. And it's very open about the aliens and the sightings. It's just the United States that's so suppressed with that information. And Gary used to work with them a lot at night. And I would see a sh ships, right, in our outside the sky. And I would see them form in a particular symbol. And I came to realize that that was an intergalactic symbol for love. And it was, I remember that symbol from the different ships formation. And I, one of the people, when I was speaking in Australia in Sydney said, do you mind putting that up on the board? So I put the symbol up on the board and a guy in the back just starts weeping because oh. he's resonating to this so much. So yes, there is an intergalactic force that is here to help us to shift us. But again, there's these spiritual laws and universal laws that are in place that, that they have to honor. So and it applies to them as well as it does for the angels. There's, there are intergalactic laws that they have to abide by. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. You can't just come in. This is a learning place, right? This is like a school. It's a very primitive place, but it's like a school. You can't just intervene you know you can't just say oh this is how you do your homework this is how this works we're here to learn and grow and we do that through experience we were never designed to be doing this alone everybody's available to you on the other side but it's like i said that the, your guardian angel is sort of the gatekeeper 
Mm -hmm. uh, and they're the easiest to communicate to. You really don't need to go beyond the, the guardian. Oh, well, I, I meant the alien, though. But yes, that too. That's available okay. to us. But you have to be careful who you're playing with. And that's why <laughs> I only work with benevolent spirit guides. And I have okay. protection to be okay. as bright a light as I want to be. And I am protected. Yeah. But you do have star brothers and sisters. And let me tell you, when I was in Australia, I visited the home of one of the, uh, one of the people that I had met. And this woman, her daughter was able to draw things phenomenal. She was so connected to the other side. She drew a star being. It was like, a, it, you might say it looked like an alien female. And I saw that and I burst into tears because it's like, oh, there is such a connection there. You know, we, we just recently had a guest on by the name of Lisa that's from Scotland and she does the same thing and you look at her art and it's like, oh my goodness, like someone couldn't make this up. It's like she is seeing it and feeling it and she gets her messages through her art. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. that's available to us. They want you to know there's a lot of help right now. Don't feel like you're doing this alone. It's just getting that mind out of the way and learning how to ask for this help and letting them assist you. Well, and I think us humans have been so programmed to always ask other humans for help that we forget to ask the most important for help. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and, and that's what Vibrant Living is about, is about mm -hmm. letting them help you how to do that and, and allow asking them, well, thank you for helping me remember to ask for your help. You know, and the, and the, the thing is that the, the, the angels and the spirit guides are helping us with so much love, so much love, that every time we allow them to help because they're serving you out of love, that enables them to grow. So it's a symbiotic win-win relationship. So ask away, big, small, vague, specific. They'll bring it to you in the time and the way that's best. It may not be what you want, but it's going to be what's best. The fact that we never went to the Aborigines in our study, knowing that they're, they're the oldest people here that have so much wisdom. They were so willing to share. Like, that is, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. What helps to know is that the remote Aboriginals that I'm talking about are descendants of um, Lemuria. And they have safeguarded themselves in the vast, vast desert. I mean, you can get in an airplane, a 747, and fly for five hours. You're still over desert the whole time. That's how vast this desert is. They're deliberately safeguarded from the rest of civilization because, let's face it, we're very primitive. We're, you know, and that's, they think speaking out loud is really primitive. It is. They're telepathic. And we used to all be, we used to be telepathic, and then we started speaking out loud. They think it's really chaotic. Um, and and, and <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> so you start seeing things from a different perspective, you know? They, they don't, they're little, they don't even have a word for my, wow. because it's possessive. They don't even have that in their, in their thinking. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. But they, they want to stay remote. Uh, yeah. they, they, they don't, and this is why they, gave us this information to put it out there so that people have it without having right. to travel. Robbie, I'm just sitting here thinking about them and thinking about the fires that happened in 2019. Do you know if they were affected? Well, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were, but you have to remember that everything that happens is, um, there's no accidents. Everything you learn from all of it. And 
everybody has agreed to these different roles. Even the wildlife that's killed in an oil spill or that are killed in a wild wildfire because it's here to teach us something. And that is here to wake us up, as is COVID-19, wake us up to what's happening and shake us out of our routines and the mindsets and do it very quickly. So what I see happening, and this is why we wrote Vibrant Living to get it out there right now, is that we are in the beginning of the, the biggest collective awakening that mankind has ever seen. And to get you through that and to get you to where it's taking us, this higher vibrational love-based living, which is what the aboriginals are teaching us, so much help is available for you. So much help is out there. And it's learning how to control the mind rather than the mind controlling you and learning how to take advantage of this help because it's massive. Wow. Yeah, I, I would agree. I have to ask you a personal question. Yes. First of all, I love that you honor your husband through your work. It's so beautiful. Is it hard for you to always have to retell the story and to talk about him? No, it's just that it gets harder to remember the specifics when you get older, and it's been a long time. Um, he passed in 2007, and, you know, the thing is you just keep moving on with life. I still have a very strong connection. His picture's right up there. He's, but, he, but he is confined to the office. Right. I had to take him out of the, I had to take him out of the bedroom. <laughs> I was finding that when I was in another relationship, there were three of us involved. Right. So oh, it's like, okay. Well, yeah. You know, so, some people enjoy that. <laughs> no, not this one. Not He's such a strong character. Yeah. When I, when I got rid of the bedspread and got a new one, all of a sudden, you know, that part of my life shifted. So he's yeah. very involved, but he's, he's part of my healing team. He's yeah. had to shift into it, and it took years. It took years, and it was really tender for a long time. But then, uh, then you start realizing, oh, he's here. He's just from yeah. the other side in a different role, and and eventually, it took a while for me to shift into that more of a healing role than a romantic role. Mm -hmm. I have a connection with my brother who passed away in two thousand and seven, and I always try to explain to people that I actually feel closer to him now because there's no ego there with him. It's just yeah. his spirit. And they look at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, I do. I feel closer to him. It's just this purity that he has when we speak and talk. And it's so hard to explain, but I know you understand. Yeah, there's no ego on the other side. Okay, here's the thing. When you come to planet Earth, it's free will, right? You can choose to learn however you want. But you're given a body. And that's a blessing because we are etheric spirits on the other side. And to have a body is a huge gift. And we're also given a wide range of emotions. We don't have jealousy and frustration and angst on the other side of the veil. So you get to have your brother in a more love-based environment, which is such a gift. And so the people will ask me, well, my angels must get so frustrated with me or impatient. It's like, they don't have those emotions. Those are gifts to help us learn how to master the mind and what a gift to be able to experience that. You get to experience jealousy. Again, the mind may not like it, but it's really a unique gift. Robbie, thank you so much for taking that baton from your late husband on My with pleasure. His, his work. And I can't wait to finish the rest of your book. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am going to do it day by day because, like I said, I kind of like that to have 
kind of that go-to and, you know, just set my intentions for healing every day. That's great. And there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy in all three books, but they're very distinct energies. There's energy behind that will help you integrate and honor that. That's awesome. That's great. I believe it. I love it. And that book is available on Kindle. That's where I got it off of Amazon. Is there a hard copy available? Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's, you can go on Amazon. You can go on my website, holeswellness.com, H-O-L-Z wellness.com. Yeah. And you offer online courses. I have an online course that's available, uh, uh, How to Heal with Aboriginal Secrets. I also do one-on-one consultations. Usually one hour is all I need, and I'm assisted by my healing team, and they're guiding. They're actually doing the work. I'm just the one who's speaking. I'm the translator for them, and they keep helping. That's the beauty. It's not just that hour, and I can't tell you how they always start before somebody actually starts the the consultation, the session with me, because it's like they know we're going to do it. They don't need to wait until Wednesday at three, right? They start days ahead of time. Once somebody has an intention, it's like, okay, we're good to go. So they have permission now. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I can't wait to book an hour session with you. It's been calling me. You're going to love it. Shanna and I, at the beginning of Sense of Soul, used to do what we called break that shit down. And our listeners miss it. So we're going to reintroduce it. So in a nutshell, could you please break that shit down? Oh, I love that. That's the best question I think I've ever been asked. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I think if people knew how much they were loved, it is beyond our comprehension as humans. So much love that is constantly being given to us. And that we're never alone. We always have help available to us. We are loved beyond our wildest imagination. You would know that you're loved and you have someone by your side 24-7. I think that makes it a different journey. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Love it. Thank Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to have you on today. Oh, I I am thrilled to meet both of you. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Do not ever negate what you're doing. You're so, so important. Thank you. It's been a real treat. You guys are awesome. So comfortable and great questions. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. You do a a great job. Thanks a lot. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.